Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Well, 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 we asked for DFS beefs these past couple of weeks, and we finally got one. We'll see how worthy of a beef it is. Maybe talk a little best ball game theory. Uh, What else do we have on tap? Oh, another Jason Robbins quote about uh, the future of sports betting and how DraftKings would like to operate their sports book. Sounds like all of the trappings for a classic Lowell's episode. Does he think... I think he thinks this. He thinks this is a go. Vegas Dave thinks this is a go. Hot naked girls doing yoga. What? Why don't you just win like a man? Random.org. Type in one for yes, two for no. Let the DFS guys pick for you. And I'm absolutely begging you not to do bus. Please don't do bus. Brian Hooper, it is Wednesday at four. You're coming. Fresh off of a take cast recording, I'm coming fresh off of a swole cast recording. Are we both going to have big Davis energy today? <laughs> yeah, he kind of he kind of fuels you to just to talk to the man. <laughs> That's right, Den Den. You like the thumbnail here? Yes, I. Uh, you know, I'm at the stage of my thumbnail making career where I've literally made hundreds of them. Um, it's easy to go into autopilot mode when creating them, but every now and again, you get this thrill of, what if I just Google imaged the word beef and posted a photo of beef on the thumbnail? And that really is what gets it going for me, Brian. Is it? Did, is that what you did? <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I, I looked at it. I didn't notice the beef. I just quickly liked it. And... Wow. My beef was so subtle. Let me let me pull it up. Obviously, if you uh, you saw the video... Um, before we went live, you saw the thumbnail here, but I, maybe, maybe I should just make this, uh, a part of the shows. We call it thumbnail appreciation. And I pull up the thumbnail and everyone has to be like, wow, Peter, I really appreciate all the time you went into. So here, here's the thumbnail for today's episode. How did I not notice that? (laughs) Brian, you didn't notice the beef in the background? Uh, uh. Beef. It's what's it's what's for dinner there. A nice, nice medium rare cut there. Um, I do need to get so I will say, Brian, and I have a feeling I could make this request, and I just have a feeling you would never comply to it. I did ask Spags. Um, I said, Hey, can you send me some photos that I can use in thumbnails? So Spags did a, a little recording sesh where he took like 20 different photos, like arms crossed, shocked face, all of this, and it's actually helped. <laughs> my thumbnail variety game. I feel like I could ask you to do that. What are the odds that you would ever do that for me? I would do it if you wanted me to. I would do it. Okay. I mean, yeah. That's right. I don't know about some of those. No, here's the thing. I honestly don't give a shit about um, the specific expressions or like, oh, if you're have your mouth uh, an extra two inches wider, then we'll get more clicks. It just would be nice to have more images of Brian uh, mm-hmm. that I could use. Okay. We could do something. It, it the, the weird thing, maybe not so weird, is that it does matter, like the titles and all that stuff. I was just looking at Swellcast 
uh, I didn't know if you guys were going live, and I clicked on it to see if you guys were. Yeah, we're going live today or just pre-recording, and like even the Swellcast, there'll be like thousands of different view uh, counts based on what the title is. It's true. Yeah, it's still such a huge part of it. I mean, it it definitely it definitely sucks that it's what I don't know. I'd say title and thumbnail are you know fifty to sixty percent of the game in a lot of things. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, zero X. What does LOL stand for? Laugh out louds league of legends. I would say it is whatever you want it to stand for. Brian, what do you think? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just a play on league of legends. Laugh out louds. Um, the podcast titles is interesting. Like it feels like we've kind of plateaued, I guess I would say like the downloads, Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned this off off stream that like DFS is just small. It's a really kind of a small market, and there's yeah. just only so many views, so much you can do. Uh, and I think that's pretty much true. But I, you can't. I guess there are thumbnails. Maybe I should take your thumbnails and start putting them as the the show on the podcast as like the show icon. Yeah, I. I will say I noticed my own, I, I forgive me if I've said this on the show. I know I've said it somewhere, but like the way I use my podcast app is I subscribe to a ton of podcasts, like mm-hmm. a, a, an absurd amount. And then I kind of just treat it like an email inbox where I just read the titles in in that way. Um, so I'm not like a completist with it. I just like seeing what's available and then I'll pick to download what I want. And I've noticed my own behaviors. I am so susceptible two titles on the ones I download. Like if if say it was a fantasy podcast and it said AFC West preview, like I'm just swipe. I'm not even listening to that. But if they're like the, the sleeper, the AFC sleeper RB, who's going to win your league. Like (laughs) I'm like, all right, I kind of want to hear who you think this is going to be like, you'll get me. And it's like, and even there, like where I would consider myself a pretty picky and savvy consumer. I I fall susceptible to that clickbait stuff all the time. And it it definitely matters on podcasts too. I, I fall for it. I fall for it on YouTube. There's just no it 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 work. It's works. It's the way the game's played too. And if it's a game too, it kind of intrigues me. Like, oh, how can you how can you GTO this? Uh, to me, I I of course I want to thread the needle, right? Like as much as we joke about naked yoga, that wouldn't be a sustainable thing for us to put naked yoga in the title every time. So it's like, can we make this episode, you know, actually interesting and worthy of your time to come over here and watch live while also not actually rug pulling you with what we talk about. Although I guess a lot of people would say we rug pull them all the time. We'll be like PGA championship week. And then we don't talk about it until the last four minutes of the show. So maybe we are just rug pullers. So the podcast thing, I wanted to say this, but the way you view, you go through your, I think we both use pocket cast to the app, right? And the way you go through yours is kind of the opposite of mine. So, like, I know which ones I want to watch. I subs- subscribe to a decent amount. Most of the other ones I I will only listen to if the ones I really want to listen to don't have a new episode. And one of the podcasts I listen to changes their thumbnail every time. And I kind of hate it because I have to go through all my podcasts and be like, okay, what's their new one? Because – like if I have the same logo every time, I know right away. Oh, here's a new. Like it's really easy on the eye on the Pocket Cast app to be like, okay, I recognize the logo. That's the new, new episode. But if you're constantly changing your logo, 
it's not a logo. They'll say like, oh, actually, it is a logo. They'll, those kind of have like a local artist redo their logo every time, and yeah, and it's kind of annoying. Yeah, I know, and it's I like like I just got a refresh on the ship chasing uh, graphics, and it's like the same logo and stuff, but just got a, a fun color refresh on that too. And it, it it is nice. Like I did it mainly just more for myself because you get bored with the same stuff, but. Yeah. I do think people register those kind of small touches and you're like, Oh, these people still care about, you know, this show and they're, they're putting some level of effort into, uh, to keeping it going. That's true. Well, maybe we should try something. Well, uh, yeah, we can, we can mess around with it. So, uh, we did mess, uh, we, we've been begging for beefs. We said it with Ricky D a couple weeks ago. We tried to get nerdy tenor to bang, bang someone. We did get a little beef going on here in the DFS corner between a Sam, who Sam is, I believe, actually in the Deposit Kingdom Discord. I know he does a lot of best ball drafts, um, plays DFS as well. And then Mock Lovin, uh, one of our white whales to get on this show. Um, can you maybe for the people, because I, I guess I still don't fully understand how the beef originated, but how do you understand what transpired? So, yeah, from my understanding is Sam subtweeted Mock Lovin by posting results of his recent head-to-heads in the USFL of all sports, where he smoked Mach Levin for 50 grand, it looks like. And then the beef started where somehow did someone tag Mach Levin? I, I was trying to figure out how Mach Levin uh, found out, but apparently maybe Mach Levin is um, – a uh, what's that called where you where you where you never post but you read every day a lurker a lurker and and he retweets this this sam who has you know not that it's a big deal but less than a thousand followers so like my point being he had to go out and seek seek this out somehow and uh <laughs> and he had to retweet to prove this guy was not beating him and show that they've played more than just that screenshot and he might actually be down overall to Mach Levin. Um, yeah, like it looks like they're the if you sum all those, Mach Levin's beating them for like a little bit more. And he Just says the congrats on getting unstuck. Yeah. Right. The other thing that the funny thing you mentioned this about Mach Levin being a lurker, like you said, what last time he did a tweet, Octo- a public tweet, October 25th, 2020, almost a two-year hiatus on tweeting to come back for this one and let's just say i mean mock lovin has been in the conversation far before this tweet from sam and this is what smoked him out yeah yeah people have accused him of colluding obviously the the accusation is that he's colluding with oh god what's the other guy's screen name is it sigma or snr or something anyways he's that he's colluding in three mans with another player other people have accused him of it. I don't think we've, I don't think we've seen any proof. And Nerdy Tenor says he had, like, I think he kind of says he thinks he has proof that someone's cheating, but he doesn't say who. We don't know who. Uh, but writing on the wall, right? It's probably Mark Levin that he's that he's talking about. I meant to ask you about that because I brought up that on the show with Nerdy last week when he referenced that he was working on it for reasons that he wasn't felt comfortable saying and it to me it seemed like it was either just his own curiosity thing trying to sniff this out or like someone had contracted him to kind of use some of his resources to try to do this 
the way he made it sound like it wasn't either of those. Do you, do you know, or maybe he just worded that interesting. Do you have a hunch on, on why he's looking into that? Uh, no, like, and I'll, I'm, I was definitely putting words in his mouth about Mach 11 too. I'm pretty sure he didn't say anyone specific. No. Um, I no, I don't know. I have no idea. I didn't, I've never, and I haven't pressured him on it. I, you know, if I was Mach 11, you know, everyone's different. Maybe he doesn't want to be on screen or whatever or be public out there, but I would like address it at some point. Like, um, I know this is self-serving, but we'd like to have him on the show and yeah. talk about it. We don't, you know, we don't work for anybody. This is just an independent show. Um, and we're not going to be like screaming at him or anything, you know? So I don't, and you know what? He could do it too, Pete. I don't care. Like, don't do a screen. If you don't want people to see your face, because maybe you don't want people coming at and trying to steal your money or whatever, like trying to steal your money, like do it without that. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, when was the last, uh, oh, on Club Top Shot, we had D's big NFT influencer works at Fractional. He's still uh, pseudo anonymous and uh, does shows uh, with masks and stuff. He actually went to VCon and did a panel with a full on like mask disguise to remain, you know, semi on docs. But I will say how, how from say Mock Lovin did want to clear his name and say he wanted to come on here. You mentioned there not being necessarily concrete proof yet that has emerged to fully prove cheating. How would he be able to clear his name or prove that he wasn't cheating? Like, is the proof hard to grasp in either direction? That's a good point. I don't know how we'd prove it. Um, Cause Saramac had, has the same issue because he does do shows and to me, he seems like he's not cheating. I would just take him at his word. And um, he's like, I don't know the guy. We don't even, we never communicated. Like, what more do you want? I'm out here publicly saying I have no idea who this guy is. Um, we, could, If we think about it for a second, I'm sure there's a way you could defend yourself, right? Um, you would understand the mechanics way more of how these these three mans work than I would for what what ways you could what ways you could prove it. Um, I mean, I assume someone at this point, right. Is like how, how easy, first of all, is it to just either scrape or get access to the lineups that are played in these three man contests? Like how big of a data set would you be able to get? Or is that even not publicly available? Uh, you could, no, I'm pretty sure you could download the CSV from them. Okay. Um, I don't, uh, I don't, why, why would that? Cause you want to, you think you could build up a database full of it and then well just if you had enough like pattern matching of stuff um yeah. it probably takes some pretty intense like cross-referencing and data stuff but to to see if there were any patterns and that is the accusation is that these two the two accusations of sarah mac and mac lovin is they never dupe the other player in three mans which does seem impossible to me Right. It's, but going back to our, you know, wanting beefs in DFS, I mean, if this was how some of these play out in poker, right, it would be, uh, you know, you know, Joey Ingram would play the, uh, the moderator, get these guys on, maybe hash out some terms for a heads up for roles challenge. I mean, I, I, I don't think Mach Love and I just went back to his profile. He hasn't responded to any other tweets 
or anything. I mean, how, how do we organize the, uh, the big heads up battle that we need uh, for the DFS space here? Hmm. Maybe that's how they could decide it. Just third and schlong versus Saramac head to head battle. Or something. <laughs> um, it is also interesting, Brian. I'm now, you know, doing a little investigative journal journalism here, looking at Mock Lovin's likes on Twitter. He did like your tweet from December 30th, 2021, that said, "Did RG start counting three vans?" <laughs> that was a pretty funny joke. <laughs> Do you think he faved that, like realizing it was a joke, or thought that was that tweet was done in earnest? I I don't know. I don't know. Either way, it's funny. I think. It is no, it's very funny, but so that's why I'm just trying to gauge. Like, does he have a sense of humor about this? Like, would he, you know, yeah. really actually be willing to to come talk about it? I mean, there is, uh, you know, a chance that you know why respond to any of this stuff as you're sitting on your yacht sleeping on piles of money. Like, who cares? But he then does come out and respond to Sam. Yeah. So you think maybe he does care? Yeah. Another interesting thing about this, I noticed. May 27th, so not that long ago, he favorited a tweet shouting out FTN Daily. Sam is a contributor for FTN. Um, also, and so it doesn't seem like there's actually any, you know, McLovin FTN specific beef here. In fact, it seems mm -hmm. like he's doesn't mind it, which I, I don't know. Sam, maybe let us know sometime. Is there any other backstory with you and McLovin, or was this truly just out of thin air? You were sick of what you felt were spam head-to-head -head invites, although it seems like you guys have been playing for a long time. Yeah, that seems like a strange strategy to stop spamming, too. Like, I'm, you could block them, I'm pretty sure. And, like, you know, playing somebody for 50 grand, I don't know, it seems like I wouldn't do that. If that which looked like, like a big portion of his DraftKings bankroll on anything because he showed a screenshot and he only had like 60,000 in there. If you're playing 20K head to heads against Mock Levins and three mans, you need a big yeah. roll. What is your, um, so Denden says, imagine thinking playing three mans with Mock Levin is GTO. I mean, what is even the player pool for that? Like, how many people are actually sitting here? And then of that player pool, how many people do you think don't at least know the rumors? that there's cheating going on in those three mans. Like, I'm just wondering how, how is he even getting action? There's not much at the, the high stakes, probably in the medium stakes. I don't even look anymore, but um, I think it's pretty, it's pretty stupid to post in a three man because then you could get theoretically get scooped by two people working together. Like I would, just, I wouldn't play in any three mans right now. More, despicable of an offense ghosting in poker a la the previous Bryn Kenny mm -hmm. scandal or cheating in DFS three mans or it, comparable. It, it depends on the ghosting type. Like I said, cause they, they call ghosting all sorts of things. Like if you're behind me right here, like we're having a party and I'm playing some, you walk into my room, like, Oh, I would fold there. Or I would, I would go all in there. Like they consider that ghosting. Like, but if you're just straight up playing on someone else's username for multiple hours, let's say that's the ghosting we're talking about versus three-man cheating. Mm, I would say three-man cheating is worse. It's more explicit. Because that's more of an angle shoot. Like you're straight up uh, 
taking trying to take advantage of somebody where if you're ghosting like especially in a tournament like you shouldn't do it but like um you, you know <laughs> like even like if you're playing head to heads like you i mean obviously you shouldn't do it but like the other player still has the same chance they just might have like a different database on you if they're like using poker tracker or like you know have these assumptions of how you play so it's it's lame it's cheating but like three man cheating i i would say is 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 uh, a bigger offense what do you think uh i i agree i agree easy in the chat saying he will still sometimes uh take the three and five man action in mlb if he notices that at least one of the two uh regular culprits aren't in there so uh, that's fine like the I'm, i was more talking about like posting early so like if you yeah. enter a three man by yourself or you know if there's a five man and you just there's one person in there enter at noon and don't look back until lock, like you're in a chance to get scooped up. And it depends on what stakes you're playing. Like you, if you're playing low, you know, what is it under $4 or whatever? Like he can't even play in it anyways. And most of those guys probably aren't scooping. Like that would be a good cheating strategy, honestly, for people who are in low stakes is to do that, I guess. I don't know. Um, I, you know, I don't a, recommend cheating. But. Is it pot like once a three man fills, it's not possible to unregister, right? Um, I don't, I'm not sure the rules. Um, I think it's, I, th I think head to head, you can't. I don't know about three man. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Let me know in the chat. Can you unreg from that too? Because then that just seems like, I mean, that's such a bad user experience too. If you're having to like first check if you're getting scooped by the cheaters and then you're, or they can dereg if they want at the last minute. Um, it, it, yeah, Easy says you can't withdraw from a full three man. Mm -hmm. um, so Makes yeah, sense. I guess as as long as you're the one closing, you're the third person to register, and you feel comfortable with the usernames that are in there, then you're you're maybe not it's as easily, exposed. It's easily solvable with that random randomizing idea I I suggest, which is just everyone enters a three man pool or a five-man yeah. pool or whatever you enter, and you get randomly sat with two other opponents. So they can't work together. Would that be the best litmus test? Like, say we could say you could get DraftKings to turn that on for tomorrow and then look at the pattern of play for Mach Lovin. And if Mach Lovin stops sitting or registering for that version of three-mans, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big smoking gun if that were to happen, right? I, I would say if they do that, but also start playing the same lineup to like, often. well, we're not playing together anyways. You might as well just play the optimal, you know, something like that. You could probably look at that in um, uh, uh, like currently, like what happens when do they play other sports? When do they not, you know, when are they playing and not playing? Um, you could probably get a little info from that. All right, we have an interesting development in the chat. Um, I kind of had scrolled past this earlier, didn't think much of it. I don't normally recognize the name Daniel Villanueva. Had a post earlier that says, I think what the public needs is a speed dating show. Yours truly, Llama Trainer. Um, I just thought this is part of the tapestry of the Lulz chat experiment experience. Moved on. 
Then followed up just recently, people really care about this bullshit cheating as opposed to getting Brian doing a session of speed dating with some random honeys modded by Pete the Heat. I don't know what to say here. This person has a clear speed dating agenda for this show. I mean, it's not the worst hook, but what do you think of this idea, Brian? Well, we I know we know Llama, and uh, he's in the he's in the discords. But Pete, you're 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 highlighting a guy who's got a picture of a dog having sex with a cat. So what kind? What do you expect <laughs> the kind of questions to be? That's the thing. I normally I've gotten better about reading the text on a comment before I click it, but I apparently have not gotten to the point where I can actually vet the screen uh, photo as well. (laughs) Oh my Uh, goodness. Um, Speed dating. Mm -hmm. Speed dating. Yeah. Have you ever done speed dating? Oh yeah. I did once a long time ago. Me and my buddy went, it was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there is, you don't need that shit anymore. Right. I mean, no, apps galore and everything i hear i think what i've heard is more common now is the speed dating concept but for networking where people will go to events and you'll have the thing and it's like you do two minutes with all of these people and exchange your cards and stuff like that Mm. sounds truly awful oh Um, god yeah i honestly don't i forget who i was talking to i was talking to a friend over the weekend who is single in dating and i was saying you know, I'm so, so far removed from the dating game. Um, but that like, I do feel like within a couple minutes of just conversation that you start to have a really good feel for someone like just their vibes, whether that there's a base level of knowledge that you have about how compatible you are. So in that way, like speed dating kind of does make sense. Like you get to talk to a lot of people and get a lot of information quickly. Uh, definitely. Like, and also like as a normal person, you have a better shot. Because like on these apps, they can't tell if you're funny or smart or anything like that, really. You know, it's just like one picture, two second thought. Um, I don't know if you've seen like the data from from these apps. It's this crazy, like uh, um, the percentage of men who are haven't had sex in the last year is up by like it's up to like 30 percent of men from like 18 to 35 have reported to not having sex in the last year and it's spiked since 2011 like 500 percent or something like that so new title for this video why young men aren't having sex anymore i I bet that would do pretty good sure (laughs) uh travis petty says recap of the beef please not mock love versus ftn guy petty we are scraping the bottom of the barrel for dfs this is all we have j mac j mac responded to one of my tweets about this and I tried to stoke the fire there too. I'm like, so you're saying he's colluding? But he wouldn't. He wouldn't bite. Nah, because then I would have been like, J Mac, beef number two initiated. Uh, we need to get J back. J Mac is too. He just seems too happy. He he just his life is too good to get you know uh, embroiled in an actual beef. I think. Yeah. Um, I could see. How that. about this, Brian? I assu- I assume you saw I posted this on on Twitter and in the Lulz Discord never interacted with this individual. If you're watching now and you're sports and fitness 2022, I rarely, I was actually just talking about this on Swolecast. I don't use my personal Instagram for basically anything content DFS related. I do occasionally check my message requests and boy, did I get a kick out of this one. 
uh, sports and fitness 22 shirtless photo here says, can you do a segment on lulls about the best dot, dot, dot oldest DFS players and the youngest? I'm curious. I don't know who is even young besides maybe Rinpak. <laughs> I don't even think is that young. I mean, Brian, this is how I feel like this show finally made it getting random DM comments like this on Instagram. I guess so. It's an interesting question. I don't know why you would be interested in that, but what I, I'm I'm sorry, but I see Ricky D's name below. What is what is it? I gotta see. It. Uh, yeah, I didn't like that. What you know, I, d- I don't want to upset. Uh, Smith. He says Smith is probably like sixty-three. Smith is probably like sixty-three. Okay, uh, I get it. So yeah, I mean, we've done the age bit before. I mean, who? Who is, I think, I think Jay Fresh had a candidate in the Lulz Discord of someone. He said that was a young gun in the streets. Who do you think is the best young DFS player? Yeah, there's that. Um, I listen um, to the emotional bankroll podcast that I was, yeah. I was on, uh, Brian Jester's podcast, and he's been having some like really young, young guys on there. So maybe listen to those and decide for yourself. It's tough. I, it's tough because. There's a lot of variance in DFS, a lot, a lot, a lot. So I think the best guys are the guys who, this is also self-serving, guys who've been around the longest and, uh, you know, are still are still at it because you could run hot for for, de- for a long time, honestly. So how, how many, how many years, say one of these young guns, let's say they're 21 year old, they, mm-hmm. they crush an MLB season. How, how much, at what point will you say, all right, this guy's legit? Like, what kind of longevity do they need? Mm. I want to say never fuck them, but the uh, I, it depends on on their on their process. For me, I'm biased. Like, I don't think we got petty in the the chat. I don't think you're you're going to be a petty theft. Like, it's really hard to be. Usbrook saying is running hot for a long time and neck. It sounds like say whistles, sounds like right? say whistles, initiated. say whistles. Beef initiated. <laughs> I gotta but, give. Uh, I, I was just thinking. I was just. I have more appreciation for whistles, right? Just like going through that mock loving thing, relatively anonymous, kind of staying away from all of this. Like the fact that you know whistles, we were able to pry him out from hibernation to come on the show. He did the DraftKings video series. He at least attempted to make a Twitter. I think he quickly abandoned that, but at least he made like an effort to be a bit of an ambassador and a personality, which is what we've been asking for. Yeah. He's been winning lately too. And he, so he had a, he had a break, a long break there where I don't think he won very much, probably lost a decent amount, but he's, he's been back winning. So that's uh, starting to extend his, his longevity. He, I can see him getting into a beef with somebody. I think he just said it needs to be the right cocktail. Yeah, the all the beef guys are really old. Like like Tommy G will beef with people. It, yeah. The beef guys, no one likes. <laughs> like you guys don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean this is a this is a good question though that Lou says. I mean this is are the twenty one year olds enticed enough by DFS now? I mean I guess if you're saying that going on the that podcast there's some young guns now i mean clearly there's some appeal still here i mean if you were to flash forward put yourself back i don't know 1920 say say you found dfs before you found poker 
Like, do you think the ecosystem, knowing the hill you would have to climb from the start, like, would it be worth it to you? Or would you just be like, yeah, I'll just learn how to do decentralized finance instead? Hmm. Um, I've always gotten in early. I don't, um, except sports betting. I did try that for like a, uh, solid four months or something like that. And, and yeah, so the, uh, everything I got into, I was, I was early. So I mentioned I did get into it though. Yeah. Let's say 2010. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I would do. Cause I'm, I mean, part of the reason I think any of us are good for as good as we are is we all have a little bit of an obsession issue and probably like a, a competitive issue. Like I, I, I think I'm really competitive. I had brothers growing up. I think that's part of it. And uh, I think those two things combined with some other randomness is why I got into it. How, so how, much, of, how much of risk, like say you had, a young hotshot that was doing modeling and simulations on a level like you or nerdy tenor, but they were even, they were almost even way more reckless with their bankroll. Um, like what's more impressive to you? Because I assume that longevity speaks to really good bankroll management, but you could also have like a brilliant person who also is just like a total D gen and like blows mm -hmm. all their money. Like I assume it's like this full package, but how much for longevity to you or being impressed is like, oh, this person is operating on another level or they just know how to manage their bankroll and can stick around. I mean, that's a good question. I think I'm kind of thinking of the flip side of that when you when you bring that up is I think most of us who are still around, we all even in poker back in the day, I think we all kind of ran a little bit hot when we first started because we really had no idea what we were doing, you know? Like, yeah, you could probably beat your buddies at poker, you know, or something like that. But you, like back in the early poker days, you didn't know what the fuck you were doing. You can't, you, unless you started playing. Like the theory of poker, the Sklancy book, is not going to help you win online, no limit hold'em. Like that was just, it. you know, it's kind of, it was an interesting book. I haven't read it in years, but it wasn't going to help you. The super system probably maybe a little bit more, but not much either. And so, like, you kind of got to run hot to stay alive to learn. Same thing with DFS, in my opinion, anyways, is if you are if you run, like, you know, bottom 5% or 10%, like, I don't care how smart you are. You're probably fucked. You're probably just not going to stick around. You're going to you, you're, you're blow enough money where you're like, this is unbeatable. This doesn't make any – you know what I mean? Like, I, I seriously doubt anyone who, who ran cold – for a long enough sample size, um, made it. Yeah. Where, how, like, where do you, on a scale of like one to 10, one being a knit, 10 being full on D gen, like, where is your, where would you rank your bankroll management? Uh, six. Yeah. You have to have some gamble. Like my, two of my buddies, one was good at, poker one of my, my old roommate this is how long ago he he was he was a solid poker player and he would play online and win um you know at pretty low stakes uh and my other buddy he was pretty he's pretty good at dfs like he's I, he's won a little bit you know won some small tournaments but what both of them never did was keep their roles online so like let's say you know the guy wins a grand playing poker at 
50 cent dollar or 25.50 or something like that, you know, which it's a lot of money for those tiny stakes. He cash out 750 and then, and then act like he's free rolling. Or if, you know, the, my other buddy would like win, you know, a couple thousand, he'd cash out like 1500 and then gamble the rest. And it's like, you have to be willing to risk that and build a bankroll. Um, yeah. You know, that sounds like, bad advice as i'm saying it i don't want yeah. someone to go bust though because most people will not have an edge and you probably should cash out a decent amount of it uh, especially if you make like a hundred grand and like you only, you only play dfs for a week like you should probably cash out quite a bit of that but you do need to have some sort of d if you want to uh, you know make it your job or similar however you want to define it you have to have some gamble in you and you have to be willing to Keep the money on there. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And build up a role. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, there's lots of psychological stuff you have to push through there as well, whether it's judging your own play, um, pushing you know, running it up when you have a hot streak, like you said, you, you, you've said before that you'll up your, your volume and what you're playing when you're, when you're running well and stuff too. It, it, uh, yeah, man, a lot of, and I mean, we've heard it talking to lots of top players, like what a psychological toll that takes on you because it always feels like a bit of a moving target. Yeah. And move down and move down when you're, when you're running bad. Too. which like, goes back to the psychological thing that takes eating that humble pie is I imagine yeah. is incredibly hard. Yeah, especially in in poker, it was hard. Um, yeah, DF DFS they won't let you. It's so stupid. Like, if you lose a bunch of money, they won't let you go down into the yeah. lower stakes. <laughs> like what? Oh man, I forgot to tell you. So I was at my buddy Mike's bachelor party over the weekend, and uh, we went to Mohegan Sun uh, one night. And at the end of the night, me and Mike played some one two, and um, I'm pretty rusty, yeah. but. I ran like a God <laughs> that game, like being drunk and just like tired at 3 AM shutting down, uh, the poker room while this like knit rig, um, it just gave me his entire stack thinking I was bluffing him. Uh, when I had the nuts, I was just like, it was one of the best feelings. I was like, Oh God, I, I forgot how much. Were, I were you drinking a little? 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the best. Well, when you're the, actually I, a nit, but they think you're drunk. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I, I play, I was just playing tight aggressive. Um, yeah. but I was like, I was real sloppy talking with everyone. And so I was just get, and then I was, when you run hot and then I'm getting paid off on just everything. Like the, even one of the dealers was like one guy I stacked. He's like, that's probably the best player in this room. He was, he normally plays higher stakes, but came down cause his cousin was in town mm-hmm. <laughs> and he like, I like ripped it after the flop. I had Kings and it was all unders and I ripped it in. He just calls me. I'm like, Oh, I'm fucked. Uh, he like, he just mucks his, his hand, uh, after af- on the run out. And there was an ACE too. I was like, what is this guy calling me with? I was like, I must be projecting like the loosest player ever <laughs> right now. But I was getting, what if they saw the like man's videos or something? And- yeah. <laughs> That's that fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, uh, it trust me. I've definitely been on the other end of, uh, getting dusted while drunk at a casino playing poker, but man, uh, and it was just the perfect time too. Cause I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize the rooms closed because, you know, in Vegas they'll be gone, but it closed at three 30. So there was like no dine and dash element. It was just like ran it up and they're like, well, sorry, everybody's got to go home. <laughs> I I paid for uh, like a whole Caribbean trip once because they had poker and blackjack in like four hours just playing cards. And I'm like, okay, well that pays for the trip and any drinks I yeah. want. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. Um, Rinpak in the chat, he says all the young hotshot dumped their money in crypto and Robin hood over the last two years. Rinpak, you are, I don't know if you saw the Instagram DM. You are one of the young hotshots, sir. Yeah. Uh, do I have to pull this God, tweet up? By, by the way, God bless those young hotshots dumping that money into crypto. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Keep doing I mean, it, please. And we need, we need it. No, don't you need them dumping it into the DFS ecosystem instead? <laughs> Either, either one's fine with me. I mean, I got a bigger bag in one than the other, though. Um, Rinpak, how old are you, if you don't mind? I, I'm guessing you're like 20s, mid-late 20s? I would have guessed, yeah. Now, I, I, it's always, I always feel bad guessing people's ages. I would have guessed mid-30s, but. I know he still wears his Michigan University stuff all the time. So, it's not that good boy. judge it. Because Brian would judge anyone still wearing college gear in their late. Okay, 27. There you go. There you go. There you go. Old man. Too, that's too old for young Who do you shots, believe? Sorry. This person, uh, R-Y-N-P-A-K or Marco saying he's 32? Who's, whose age should we believe? <laughs> Probably the guy who, unless that's not his real, unless that's an imposter. It's always possible. No, that's it. This entire show has been about you know, real proof. We need it from the mock loving three man stuff. Rinpak, we are going to need a long form birth certificate to confirm you're actually 27 years old. If Brian and I are going to be releasing our top 100 DFS players under the age of 30, we do need to in fact know your true age. If uh, Davis starts running hot, he could win. He's like, he just turned uh, 16. Davis is 16. He is one of the youngest prodigies in DFS. He's been playing since he was eight years old. Um, it's been quite historic. He's been doing run. content since he was five. <laughs> he like a lot of people. You remember when you know you do your finger paints and you do your penmanship. <laughs> Davis was actually scanning those and posting it online um, and getting <laughs> ratioed hard as a five-year-old. 
He was engagement farming as a five-year-old. He was engagement farming as a five-year-old. He would be on the player, be like, hey, everyone, come over here. Come over here. And then they'd all come and he'd just run off. He just rugged them. <laughs> He's like, draw a picture of daddy and mommy. No, I'm going to draw a picture of two mommies and then post it online. Elon's going to hate this. <laughs> uh, let's see. What what else were we going to touch on? Oh, the um, Jason Robbins, another another quote from him and it was that the one you had sent mm, yeah. over to me yeah he and doubles Rufus down was talking about it he doubles down on the um uh we don't want winning players um i was thinking about this uh oh when i was driving up here is like i, I still wish somebody would talk some sense in the portnoy because it just seems right up his before we're getting into the draft king robin's one it just still seems right up his brand right up his alley to be the we don't ban anyone, uh, you know, within reason. Like if you're cheating or using yeah. someone else's account and they catch you, blah, blah, blah. Just seems right up his brand. And it'd be nice to get one more major sports book that wouldn't that won't ban people and will give you like slightly decent limits on props and then use that information to tighten them up. Yeah. You would you would think. I, I do agree with you that it would be right up his brand, but um, I think the uh, the man of the people has become a suit now, and uh, he's hmm. going to do it. Maybe. So let's see. This was the quote uh, answering a question about the ideal win rate for the industry. Robbins replied, "As the market matures, the win rate should go up." The CEO further expanded in an earlier stage environment. It is not the worst thing in the world to give people a couple of extra winning experiences rather than trying to maximize how much margin we're taking. So it's an area of focus, but very deliberately, we're not looking to take money from people by forcing them into bets. They don't want, he went on to say, we're trying to get smart in eliminating the sharp action or limiting it at least, then trying to make sure we have a high parlay mix because people do like that. That is something we've been focusing on a lot since we migrated onto the SB Tech platform. It's only been eight or nine months, but the parlay percentage of bet mix goes up each month. We're trying to get a higher parlay mix because people do like that, not because it's a donkey play and we get more money. I mean, I mean, this is this is class. I mean, his investors, right? I mean, a lot of people. If you if you follow a Raven on Twitter, you know what's going on with the DraftKings stock. I mean, DraftKings Not investors good. are mad. It, it, this is him speaking directly to them and saying, "Don't worry, we're going to get a lot of idiots who will blast off on parlays, and our stock will go up eventually." I mean, is that the sub subtext here? And a Raven hasn't talked in a while, so maybe somebody should go See? do a safety exactly. check on him. Exactly what I was saying from Travis. As a depressed DKNG <laughs> holder, I support limits on sharp action. Exactly. Uh, you must have a pretty big bag for that. Goodness. Um, it's kind of interesting, Pat. Quickly, have you ever bet on NBA? Like, like whatever, totals, player props, and stuff? I assume you could use your skills to make it pretty penny although we i don't know where he lives where does he live i can't remember um he California? yeah so robbins yeah double doubles down yeah doesn't want winning players wants to make money off props and then he makes this strange kind of as the market matures his margins will increase comment what's your yeah. what's your take what do you think well that that was my old my take was that he's, you know, trying to toss a bone to depressed in investors and holders like, like, oh. like petty here. Um, 
and kind of, you know, there's definitely a better, I guess, PR team. He, you're trying to serve two masters, right? You're trying to serve a sustainable ecosystem. You're trying, you know, the the better your offerings, the more like hardcore gamblers are going to talk about it, play on it, evangelize it. Um, but then you'll have people like, I mean, Levitan, you know, it gets, it could get limited to like $5 on DraftKings. He would be a big vocal mouthpiece for betting on your platform. Hmm. And it's like, I get that it's a, it's a tough spot for them. I mean, what do you think we continue to hear this over and over? Was there anything new in this that surprised you? I think it was, I think the, the, the interest, well, the margins was new. Yeah. Why? Cause Rufus tweeted about this. Why would he think margins increase as the market matures? Um, and the, um, uh, and the fact that he doubled down and like, they didn't like do a PR thing. Can I, can, and can I see a little conspiracy thing just popped in my head? Maybe he, maybe he wants regulation. Maybe he wants the, the eye on this stuff of like getting, getting people pissed off to call for regulation. Yeah. I don't know. And, you, and what was your, yeah. And so then you had your response here to Rufus on how you think this would actually play out. Yeah. So my guy, my guess is he thinks some of the other companies will fold. That seems reasonable to me. Um, and then like I just said with my conspiracy idea, but this is this is just big corporation 101 and it's even more so in um the sin industries so like like booze in illinois here distrib like to the, the distribution is completely essentially an oligopoly or um uh, like it's it's not it's not a monopoly but like you can only order booze from the booze company in your designated area even if it's cheaper across the street, if it's you're not in that designated area, and this is all legislated out, and then they use right like the old gangsters, you know, uh, shipping moonshine to justify all this stuff. Yeah, and same thing with this; they'll use problem gambling to justify it all. Um, and so they they will regulate. My guess is they'll regulate sports betting so much that the barrier entry will be too high for competition. And then if no one can compete, then you, then you jack up the big and you, hopefully yeah. you, you can, you can siphon off some of the players from these defunct sites, even though I'm sure there's a lot of overlap, you, you'll probably pick up some people and then you raise the big. Yeah. And, and Dan box says here that, um, they'll be able to increase the VIG because of what happened with DFS uh, around contest rake too. There's less competition, less options. And so when you have that monopoly, duopoly, whatever, yeah, then the rate goes up and no one, your hardcore people who still just really want to play DFS, they don't, they run out of, they run out of options. I mean, as far as like for advantage sports betters too, right? Like when this turns into, I saw John Proctor in here mentioning iGaming, like that's what these guys want us betting, right? They want you betting 10 leg parlays. They want you betting sides and they want you playing online slots in blackjack. Like that's their dream user. Certainly. I do think I'm not a huge proponent of the, there's only so much money to go around. And I, I, I do think you can have a lot of these offer all these things and do it well and still make a ton of money. I don't think it has to be just 
the a slot machine on your your laptop or whatever that that makes them you know i mean we have like booze like there's a million different boozes now right like like the hoppy like smaller brands and then the you still can get your miller light you can get yeah. liquor you get a million different types of liquor like it, it's the same clientele you can have wine right theoretically if you get wine you're probably not going to get Miller Lite, right? Like, I think we can have, and I'm not comparing poker. I just want to say, Brian, this weekend, I literally had a bunch of beers and then ordered a glass of wine at dinner. So I am living proof that that is possible. And and Pete, (laughs) you also play DFS and then we'll do a parlay on underdog. So I will. uh, There is plenty of us who do, who do both. And here's another thing too, that I think people are taking account on that note is, Sport the sports books on FanDuel and DraftKings are separate right now. It's annoying. You have to click them and then go to that separate sports book and then show that you're in Illinois and then verify your location. Think of all the new customers they have who are just doing sports book. And then once hopefully those things get combined, all these new sports book customers will be like, wait, there's DFS? Holy cow, you can win a hundred thousand dollars. Like we might actually get some some rollover from people who are just throwing 20 bucks on the bears and they just have the FanDuel app on there, but it's not connected to the FanDuel um, DFS portion. Like that's my hope is they eventually make it seamless and you could do all this stuff. What do you think of this take? I saw captain Jack in that thread. He bumped this old tweet he had from August of 2020. And he said, hot take DraftKings will be out of the sports betting business in five years because they won't need it as a casino that Mm -hmm the the slots in the blackjack will be so lucrative they won't even have to worry about single game parlays i mean it doesn't seem that crazy of a take to me maybe yeah it's possible yeah and also there i mean both things could be true where DraftKings gets out of it but maybe other sites in five years pick up the slack and provide a better dfs product maybe underdog maybe you know who knows or, or they'll be good at doing a lot of things. Like, why does underdog have best ball and pick them? There's probably some people who lose money on pick them that could be entering that in best ball, right? Um, I don't know. I think the liquor example is perfect. <laughs> yeah. You can have all sorts of different choices for people. And, and even though there's some overlap, you could still make a lot of money. And in, in underdog's case, you can talk about like – I would not like if underdog was exclusively pick them. Like I wouldn't, I would never play on there, but yeah. because I'm a hardcore best ball player. Oh, my buddies want to let's toss a pick them on this game. Oh, there's a special here. Like they, they get you. And, but that's yeah. like, that's a good, that's good business, right? Like you provide and you crush a main service and then you spin it off. It's like a movie theater. Um, you know, they don't make a ton of mo- money on you buying tickets. They get you buying popcorn and that that's how they make mm-hmm. their money. Like, right. So why wouldn't these sites want to focus on delivering some products that they know there's really big interest in knowing, like, if you can get me to stay on your site, then, then I'm going to spend more money. And even the, yeah, I agree. And the moral and the moral complaint too, is like, well, pickums are, you know, there people are going to lose money on it. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, in popcorn with butter and a cherry, giant cherry Coke with M&Ms at popcorn, 
at the movie theater isn't good for you either. I mean, but it's not that bad for you. Thinking about uh, a night out here. That was pretty uh, specific there, Brian. No, I wouldn't get that. I would actually, yes, I would. Everything but the M and M's. I do go. I do go. I don't care about calories when I go to the movie theater. But what's your um, go to? What's your perfect movie snack? Popcorn with butter. Yeah, yeah. So. I see. I and I always like pairing it with something chocolate. Like I love the uh, the popcorn chocolate mix, whether it's like peanut butter M and M's, Reese's. Mm-hmm. I'll eat what I'll eat a little bit of whatever someone else gets, but I probably wouldn't get my own candy. Wow, mooching uh, off of your pals. <laughs> did you see? To... Did you see Top Gun yet? I want to see it. Everyone says it's great. No, it sounds like it's a bro movie. Like, uh, yeah. I, no, no, I haven't. I haven't seen it. I guess I'd watch it. I don't know. Like, when, I haven't been to the movie theater uh, since COVID. Uh, not because uh, I'm yeah. like opposed. I just <laughs> there haven't been any movies I've been really interested in seeing. Right. But I yeah. hear well, Top Gun and IMAX, people say, is, is a very fun time. Yeah. If I'm going to go to the movie theater, I don't know if Top Gun's doing it for me. Really? I feel like that does do it for me. I, I don't know. I like the – I like – nerd shit you know fantasies like lord of the okay. rings type of stuff star right. wars gotcha uh star trek any of that stuff i would probably go go see but yeah. that stuff's all garbage now too <laughs> it is it is um who was it oh one of mike's buddies at the bachelor party uh he works for disney and i'm trying to remember what new disney movie he said was really good and now i'm blanking on it was it chippendales um i think it was chippendale um, oh that was on anyway. like netflix or something i think it was it, yeah it went straight to one of those streaming uh, yeah you're talking about it's like a um, cartoon yeah yeah something mm-hmm. yeah whatever i won't derail us too much here um at to, one more topic wanted to hit did want to talk a little bit about some, jesus these bots are relentless today i know they're they had some good titles that were kind of funny yeah, someone uh, who watches Splash Play renamed their account on YouTube to look like one of those, but it's not a bot. They're playing a very dangerous game that I'm gonna, you know, accidentally uh, block them. But it's a good bit. Um, cheapest, bro, cheapest Tinder just for <laughs> sex. Um, so I did want to talk a little bit about the best ball stuff because that has been um, infiltrating a little bit of. DFS yeah. Twitter lately. RW, I will just quickly touch on this before we get into this. What are the cons of drafting a lineup around just two to three teams in best ball? I'm new to best ball. So think of it if you played DFS, right? If you were, say, you're playing the Millie Maker and you just like stacked two teams or whatever, like you're going to need both those teams to score 50 plus points for that to work out. So is it possible? Maybe, but the way these tournaments are structured, you're going to need those two to three teams. Go off week 15 to get you to week 16. Then go off week 16 to get you to week 17. So it's it's just a, a tougher needle to thread. So I would focus more on like skinnier stacks, you know, pass catcher, a, a quarterback, couple pass catchers, maybe a bring back, mini correlations in other games. But I would avoid having multiple onslaughts uh, this year, I think. So I was just thinking about that today. And uh, strangely enough, and I'm trying to like develop a little best ball sim thing here, Ooh. and um, the uh, I'm and I want to look for something like that. Does because you kind of think of it like a cut line in golf, where you want your guys to make the cut, 
right? So in the cut line in best ball underdog anyways, not drafters, is you want them to make the playoffs. And so in golf, there's no correlation there, though. Mm. So if Dustin Johnson makes the cut, doesn't mean Patrick Reed did. I, I'm saying those two guys to get the uh, the PGA guys all bent out of shape because they just left the tour. But um, uh, but if if Pat Mahomes makes the cut, Travis Kelsey 100% also made the cut. So that correlation benefit uh, might have some value. I don't know. I want to look into it and like see it in it. Maybe, maybe you do want like, you know, a double stack with the QB and then a double stack with your second QB. And you really want to force that in because then when you make the cut, um, you, you know, you're getting through three, four guys. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that my quarterback throws to the wide receiver, ergo I get points both times, your typical DFS correlation. Yes, although, but like every single team in this hypothetical gets through the cut. Like every team is still playing weeks 15 through 17, unlike where half of like there's a certain amount of golfers that don't continue to play. Well, but not your teams. Yeah, yeah, there's not your team. So like – yeah. It, it, like if my team doesn't didn't make the top two to get to the playoffs, yeah. section, right. But if they did, then I'll have a whole bunch. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm thinking now. Now I think I'm just completely. You just completely disproved my point, and it's not going to make any difference at I, all. No, I I knew what you were. I I understood conceptually what you were saying, but I was like, yeah. I don't know if the golf uh, analogy works. No, yeah, I don't think it would actually make any difference. Now I think about it, it's a completely stupid idea, and I probably shouldn't even test it. Let me think about it though. Maybe maybe there is something there. The 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 thought I've been thinking about now, because you know, uh, I put the video out on my channel. Um, I know Eric Bynfor has been talking about it a lot at Spike Week, talking about the importance of Week 17. There's definitely been some pushback um, to this basically from different types of people, both from, you know, really analytical people also for some football guys too, who just um, don't want to have to worry about correlations when they're drafting. But I do think in our bubble right now, the risk is paying too much for your correlations, like either going overboard, like we were just talking about with Mm -hmm. RW, they're stacking too much or paying too much of a premium on it. And I think there's like a double effect to reaching too much for your stacks where not only are you not going to be able to build as good of a team because you're sacrificing value you're also going to be less unique because the stacking and correlation is such a meta right now you're going to probably have a lot of other teams who are reaching around similar to you to build similar teams um and so it's like not only are you hemorrhaging value but you're getting very similar textured rosters where if you're super patient in waiting on your correlations, you're going to get unique teams that the average person going out of their way to stack is not going to have. Okay. I could buy it. But where are you just, maybe that's getting too, too deep in the weeds on this conversation, but like, where are you at in general on just prioritizing correlation for week 17 when it's a 470 person final on underdog that you have to get, you know, top two to become a millionaire in. If I was hand building, I'd probably just use it as a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, plus or minus, depending, you know, it depends on where you're drafting, but a couple, a couple five rounds late, like that sounds fair or more, 
later on, you know, 16th, 17th, 18th round or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like you're drafting in the first two rounds, unless it's just like basically a a pick or two difference. Like if you know you're you have the guy ranked twelfth and and you're picking tenth, yeah. something like that. That's fine. But other than that, yeah, if you're just picking between a few guys, then uh, you could definitely use it as a tiebreaker. Yeah, I think. I do really think that is really what it boils down to now. And I saw Leone had a comment on Twitter about this as well. Like if you're not reaching ahead of ADP, you're free rolling the correlation because you're not, you're staying within the same draft flow. And now you're just getting a little bump on it. It would almost be like, I was trying to think of an analogy for DFS. It's like we often, you'll have a quarterback, a couple pass catchers, and you'll have your bring back. A lot of times that bring back or one of your pass catchers could be a really cheap player. It'd be like, imagine if you were spending three quarters of your salary on a double stack and a bring back. Like it's probably not the best allocation of your resources just to get that perfect correlation. And I think if I see one mistake right now, it's people fall in love with the name brand correlations. Like, of course I want Diggs and T Higgins and Josh Allen all on the same team because those are the primo players in that correlation game. But you're one, you're paying a big price for it. Two other people are going out of their way to pay a price for it. And it's probably not the best use of your capital where you're trying to nail a couple 40 point weeks from some of the highest or the best players in say the top 50 picks. Yeah, that makes sense. The, the, the other thing is you had and this, I guess the same thing with correlation too no, more so week 17 than correlation is you also in order to overdraft is the value has to be more than that's baked in. And so like you, you, like you would assume that if like someone's making like a season long projection for somebody, let's say 300 fantasy points, they're looking at the schedule and, you know, and going, Oh, week 16 and 17 though, they should get a little more because X, Y, and Z. Yeah, And so like it would be in there. And then also now when people are hand building, they have guys like you who are like, oh, I'm going to take this guy because the tiebreaker for me, I like this. And now his ADP is going to be slightly higher. So it has to be higher than all the stuff that's baked in too. And um, it might be, it might be though. You, I'm trying to think of ways to test and I'm not sure how honestly to put it in there to figure out how much it, how much it, matters well and it's like you always talk about with dfs right where it's like the correlation is a bonus and ownership is a negative right and it's like there's this like sliding scale here too and so in the same way if all things are equal this pick you're choosing between two guys with the same adp and one's correlated you get that little boost and that's a great tiebreaker but if you're reaching ahead of adp you're probably just offsetting the correlation with hemorrhaging the value and it's probably like a neutral pick all things considered at best it's neutral you might be sacrificing even too much than what's worth that correlation bump how you would go about qualifying how much of an 80 pump adp bump justifies the correlation boost is the magic question right yeah i i mean i would guess it's it's a, a, a tiebreaker give her give her plus or minus a few picks early or a few rounds mid or, you know, a decent amount of rounds late. That's, that's how I'm going to do it when I start drafting is something yeah. like that. Unless I find something in the data that 
that shows otherwise. And you could always use extreme examples to prove points pretty easily, right? Like for the correlation one, you just use a stud NFL player versus like a high school player. And it's like, okay, the high school player gets called up for some reason to play quarterback. It's like, yeah, they still have a lot of correlation being quarterback and wide receiver on the same team, but they have a high school quarterback. They're not going to get any fucking points. So you draft the other guys who are uncorrelated, but actual NFL players. Right. So like you, it's, it's only up to a certain point where you're going to. Yeah. We're going to do this. We will, uh, we're actually going to continue a very similar conversation to this tonight on ship chasing. We are having Eric Bime for on. We're going to talk some more best ball strategy, hop in a couple puppy drafts, maybe get weird, mess around with some ideas here before that fills. Uh, appreciate everyone hanging out with us today. Uh, we will once again put out, Brian, if, if you have a legitimate DFS beef and uh, if you want to come on here, we will broker, you know, some kind of terms to settling you know, squashing this beef. I think we can make ourselves the clearinghouse for these, right, Brian? If you want to call someone out, we'll we'll help instigate the beef. Or if you want to squash it, we will help squash the beef or cheating claims. And I think I'm going to tweet after the show here for suggestions. Uh, we were talking about doing kind of like a State of the Union show, but for DFS and maybe um, maybe even poker, and sports betting and bring on you know an expert from each one to give us like the state of the union for those sectors like what's going on what direction we're going in um i think that could be you know useful for people especially like i haven't played poker in years what's going on there and then do like a state of the union every year state of state of dfs state of poker so Maybe we could get some good suggestions for people to ask. And uh, another thing too that I'm excited about, we'll have to try out is, uh, and I I haven't even, I meant to mention this to you. Um, I talked with the guys from Get Playback uh, the other day, um, which is a streaming service, which basically Brian and I have been asking for for years where we would be able to stream during an event. You basically log in with your cable provider and we would all be watching the yeah. same sporting event. The only issue for our purposes is the pay-per-view stuff is is tough right now. They don't really have the rights to being able to do that. But like one of those like ESPN Plus kind of fight nights, right. I think we could do. So uh, yeah. maybe maybe this summer, Brian, we can test drive because I just got set up on their platform. Um, okay. And we could definitely do a LOL's companion stream with basically any sporting event that's on a, a major network. Yeah, I, we've been wanting to do this for well. I mean, we have, but we just haven't been able to show anything. Yeah, uh, we should totally do it. Bring some bros on. Um, I mean, for we sure. would ha- love to have a lady on, but we just don't know anyone besides Pete's wife. That's the only- <laughs> and she ain't coming on. I'll tell you that. She's much. not coming on. So, um, all right. Audio will be going up soon. Shout out to the Twitch heads. You guys have been. Um, not commenting as much. You guys were fighting the good fight versus the YouTube commenters oh, yeah. there for a while. But uh, shout out to I Brian's did. Twitch stream. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys hanging out today. We will see you guys next Wednesday as usual.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.